Hey, and welcome to the Pursuit of Healthiness podcast. I'm your host, Winanda van Delft. I'm a health and mindset coach, spaghetti and ice cream lover, travel junk, and a cat mom. I love conversations that are on a more raw and deeper level. So a little warning beforehand, because this episode is going to be about eating disorders. The amazing, sweet and brave Rebecca Wise is going to share her story of living with eating disorders for over 10 years. I believe we need to speak more about this to save our younger generation and to help those who are suffering from it right now. So if this is a trigger for you, please stop listening or listen it with someone that you trust. Hello, Rebecca, and welcome to The Pursuit of Healthiness. I am excited that you are here today to share your story because it is a topic that we need to talk about and a lot of people need to hear more about it. And I hope by sharing your story, a lot of women especially don't feel so alone anymore. So can you tell us about your story? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You are doing absolutely amazing work and If people haven't listened to the other episodes yet, I highly recommend them because there's such valuable information there to help so many people. Um, But yes, I'm Rebecca. I am 23 years old and I live in South Florida in the United States. And I have been battling an eating disorder. I'm just going to get right into it. I've been battling an eating disorder for the past 10 years. Um, It started around 13 years old. Um, there was just, I call it the snowball effect. There was just events that kind of packed onto each other and it created this perfect storm, which in turn created my eating disorder. Um, there was a couple of things that were really difficult. I had to grow up very fast um, when I was about 13 years old. And that um, also combined with, you know, there was some bullying. Kids are mean when you're yeah. in middle school. Um, Kids can be really cruel. I was never really overweight and I was never really underweight, but kids still notice, you know, your bodies change really fast. And I would have people make comments on my changing body very frequently. Um, Genetics also played a huge role in it. My mom actually suffered from an eating disorder. And so just everything together created this perfect storm And I remember very clearly in the summer of 2011 going into 2012, um, this was kind of just like the final breaking point. We were on a family vacation. There was nothing really serious going on in the moment, but everything that I was feeling inside just kind of came to, it like exploded. And I remember sitting in a restaurant, I had ordered my favorite dish. I was a very picky eater, so for me, That was plain pasta with lots of butter and lots of cheese. And I remember my stomach was growling and I was hungry and I looked down at it and something in my head just said, don't eat. And I took like a bite and then I voiced that I just wasn't hungry anymore to my family. And no one thought twice of it because we didn't know there was about to be 10 years worth of an eating disorder. And this it, it was just the first moment that really stuck into my head that you know, this is kind of the first eating disorder voice that I experienced. Yeah. And between the summer going into eighth grade and actual being in school, it just went downhill real fast. And 
I didn't even know what an eating disorder was. It's not something that we're taught about in school. Um, I had one friend who experienced it and she is actually the one who recognized it in me because I just, I thought that it was normal. I thought that it was normal to hate myself, which is so sad to think about now because I was 13, 14 and I, so yeah, my friend, she recognized the signs and I remember it got really bad, really fast. I lost a significant amount of weight. I was over exercising. I was restricting. I was cautious about every single thing I put into my body and I was feeling so much pain on the inside. I didn't know how to communicate it. So I I communicated it through actions. So not eating and I ended up doing some self-harming and it got to the point where my friend was really nervous and she said, if you don't tell your parents what's going on, I will. And so I I remember this moment very clearly. She had me um, put her on the phone. So she, I kept the phone in my back pocket and I was in the house and I remember telling my mom, I said, mom, I think I have an eating disorder. And I don't know how the rest of the conversation went. I was so nervous, but that was the first moment that I spoke it into existence and I admitted it to myself and to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that leads me to, let me see. Um, the first time I actually had hope for recovery was in March, 2012. Demi Lovato has been a huge recovery symbol in my journey. Yeah. And she actually, come out I don't know if you remember this it was a stay strong documentary in March 2012 and she spoke for the very first time about her issues this was a month before I went into treatment for the first time and this was the first time I had ever heard anyone say I'm recovered and this isn't what life is supposed to be like you're not supposed to live life hating yourself or being obsessed with food and I I just, it was such an emotional moment and such a monumental moment thinking this isn't how life is supposed to be. And it kind of lit a fire under me and gave me the motivation to go and allow myself to get help. And so in 2012, um, I believe it was in May, I went to my first residential treatment center. I was 14 years old and it was a center called the Run Through Center in South Florida. And I was the youngest patient there and it was terrifying. I had never spent more than five days away from home. And so going into this environment filled with, it was mostly honestly adults and the program was really geared towards adults. So being, I was a young 14 year old too, because I, I wasn't going out and drinking and partying, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I innocent. Yeah, probably. Exactly. I was innocent and shy and it was just so scary being away from my family for that. Plus, I was fighting against my eating disorder, which anyone who has gone through eating disorder recovery knows the only thing more difficult than being in your eating disorder and active in it is fighting against it because you have the eating disorder thoughts and actions And then you have you fighting back and it's like, it's like pushing against something that's way heavier than you. And it's mentally, physically exhausting. And 
So in 2012, I went to my first treatment center, the Renfrew Center, and I like to say that I left with my body physically restored, like I, they restored my weight, but unfortunately, mentally, I actually left more sick. Really? Um, yeah. So, so, so what, what do they do over there? How, how is it to be over there? So it's very structured. That's the thing that they basically take control because the eating disorder is all about control. And so the way that they counteract that and they help you to recover is like, I didn't have my phone. I, I was on a very strict schedule. I didn't have a say of what I ate. Um, and there was very strict rules about movement and staying in like the same room during the day, which sounds miserable, but for someone who is sick with an eating disorder, it's needed. It's almost like they had very childlike rules. Like they treated us not like children, but emotionally, like we needed, we colored a lot and we would just sit and talk. And it was a time to just take a pause, take a break. Um, and it was really the same schedule pretty much every day, but it was important for recovery to have that consistency yeah. and to keep structure because when things aren't structured, they, the eating disorder is very sneaky and it'll find ways to get in and take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, and I can't really remember. It was like nine or 10 years ago. So the exact schedule, um, I'll talk about other treatment centers where I do remember the schedule more because um, unfortunately that was not my only one. So, so how, how did it develop? Because you, you said you had to grow up really fast. Do you want to talk about that? What, what happened that you had to go through that? Um, I will say there, there was a few things that combined together um, one of the things was definitely a very difficult event to go through. Um, and it's something that, you know, I'm not really 100% ready to talk about. No, that's okay. If you don't want to, you don't have to. <laughs> Thank you. I, yeah, I appreciate that. It's, it's very emotional to even talk about this. It's something that um, the past couple of days preparing for our, our talk, you know, I, these are things that I can't just walk around like, raw and open and so to channel my whole story it's been it's been intense it's yeah. it's an intense to go through and speak about I understand you, you don't have to talk about it <laughs> I mean talking about your eating disorder is already I think really brave because so many women men as well but now we're talking mostly about women um feel feel shame and feel guilt as well so I think it's really brave that you want to talk about it and share your story and and you, you said you have been in other treatment centers as well so what happened so you you developed an eating disorder uh you went into uh, the treatment center but after that what happened how long have you been there so with that first center run through in 2012, I was there for three months. And after that, I, it didn't happen immediately, but I definitely felt myself kind of slipping. There was some things here and there 
Um, like I started cutting out snacks and certain food groups again. And like I said before, eating disorders are so sneaky that I didn't even notice it until it was just full blown in my face. And I had an outpatient team. So I had very intense outpatient therapy, um, but eating disorders are also very sneaky. And so I wasn't disclosing everything that I was doing. And it, by the time I did, it was too late. And so between, there was a large gap between treatment centers. So I left the first place in 2012 and it wasn't until 2015 that I went to the other center. And in between that time, yeah, it was kind of a mess. I, um, like I said, I left mentally sicker. So I learned some more really dangerous eating disorder um, behaviors and I got into, that's where the laxatives began. So it wasn't just, I wasn't dealing with anorexia anymore. It was anorexia and a type of bulimia that was abusing laxatives and binging. So it was kind of like binge purge. And that really put my body in danger because I, um, my potassium levels were really low from just the dehydration. And I didn't realize how sick I was. And it, this is a really important key takeaway from the talk is eating disorders can affect anyone, any size, any gender. And during this time from 2012 to 2015, for most of that time, if you looked at me, you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell that I had an eating disorder. I was quote unquote, a healthy weight. Yeah. And so it was really easy to hide because no one would look at me and be like, oh, that girl's got an eating disorder. You're too skinny so, or you're too fat. It's, it's nothing like that, that. Yeah. And something that is also helpful for anyone struggling to know is there will always be someone thinner than you. There will always be someone larger than you. No yeah. matter what it is, it is valid. I and love that's that something you say that. I love Thank it. You. Like, so, especially lately, like so many people because I'm, I'm a lot on TikTok as well so I see a lot of videos mm -hmm. about body positivity but so many people say that you know fat women or thick women shouldn't show off their bodies because they are promoting obesity and unhealthy habits and I'm like that is not the same like you you can be healthy and still look fat from the outside world like like I am like I, I am healthy from the inside. Like I've done tests, blood tests, like from the inside, I'm completely healthy. Like there's no fat around my organs. Like everything is just fine except for my hormones, but that's another story. But from the inside, I am healthy, but it's not showing. But if you compare it to, I always use my mom as an example. She's really thin, but she is far from healthy because she smokes, she skips breakfast. If she eats, it's like only chocolate for lunch or something like that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you cannot see from the outside if someone is healthy or not, if they have an eating disorder, yes or no. So I really love that you say that, that you, it can happen to anyone and you cannot see it from the outside. Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the scary things too, because eating disorders are so deadly and it's dangerous when you can't tell because people who deal with eating disorders are very secretive. So we don't like to go and say, hey, I have an eating disorder. Yeah. I mean, 
about it now because I've been through the therapy and I'm in recovery. But when I was struggling with it, I never, I couldn't even say it out loud or admit it to myself. And so why was that, do you think? Was it because of shame or you couldn't accept it for yourself or acknowledge it? I think to be brutally honest, well, at the beginning, it was definitely shame. I was embarrassed to be thinking this way and feeling this way and acting this way. But as I got older and I guess more of an expert of being in my eating disorder, it was more so I didn't want to stop. And I knew I had already been through treatment the first time. And I knew if you speak up, then you have to get help and it makes it real and you commit to recovery and you can't recover. Like a person who's struggling cannot recover unless they want to recover. And so, and though I was silent and I was struggling, it was because I didn't want the help and I didn't, I didn't think I wanted the help. And I didn't think I wanted recovery. It's, it's, it's like to, to say it for the people who don't understand it, that feeling. It's like you have a little child who has a secret that they, I don't know, broke something in the house. And they are afraid to tell their parents because they know <laughs> they get punished for it. That's, exactly. I think that's how I can describe it, how it feels. That you you know it. You know you're doing something you shouldn't but you don't want to see the consequences I guess exactly and I think punishment is a very appropriate word it sounds harsh but I I speak a lot about the eating disorder voice versus like your own voice and it's not that like you're hearing voices it's just it's a way to differentiate the thoughts and feelings that are eating disorder related and the thoughts and feelings that are your own so punishment um would be treatment to the eating disorder. So um, my eating disorder thoughts would think, oh, you can't, you can't say what's going on because you're going to get quote unquote punished with treatment. And I know now, of course, like my healthy voice, my Rebecca voice knows treatment is an absolute blessing and it quite literally saved my life. But to the eating disorder voice, that's That's what makes it so deadly is because it twists the way you think around. So it took this life-saving resource that I was offered and it turned it into a punishment. Yeah. So how did you deal with that? It. Because um, eating disorder is mostly mentally. Obviously, you see the physical changes and the physical... um, How do you... The physical actions no the mm, yeah um that's what you see what you get from an eating disorder but it's it's all happening inside your head like you said the thoughts that you have so how did you manage to fight back how did you manage to say like nope i'm not going to listen to you i want (laughs) to recover i want to be the best me It took a lot of work. I think the thing that helped me the most was honestly time, time to heal, time to grow, to get older. Um, I will say even into my second and third, unfortunately, treatment centers, I still didn't really have that motivation. I would say this is going to 
I guess the thing that really helped me was getting past 18. And it's really heartbreaking to think about now. But the reason why I say that is because I never planned on living past 18. I Eating disorders are death sentences. I thought that I wasn't going to be alive past 18. So making it to my 18th birthday was a phenomenal feeling. I It was really emotional that day. And I guess making it past 18 into adulthood, having my life in my hands was the motivation I needed because all of a sudden it was, what now? I didn't plan anything past 18, which is, it's really heartbreaking to think about like yeah. a little bit. It's really thinking. sad. Yeah. I, I, I got a little bit of goosebumps and yeah. a little bit of teary eyes because it is actually, it is really sad that you feel and from within that you're like, well, I'm not going to be 18. So that, that is it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you have something that kills you really, but it's so difficult because it is mentally. It is something that needs a lot of work daily to overcome. Exactly. One of the quotes from Demi Lovato, my recovery icon, which I love, is recovery does not get a day off. You, It's something that you constantly have to, especially in early recovery, you have to make conscious choices to fight against your eating disorder because it is so sneaky and so strong and it can swoop back into your life so fast and I mean as you get into later recovery definitely gets easier it's not as exhausting because the eating disorder voice is more quiet you may have thoughts here and there but in the beginning it's especially true that you have to every single choice you make has to be recovery positive and recovery focused that is really exhausting so how did your family respond that or helped you with it my family has, oh my gosh, I don't want to get emotional. They have been my rocks through all of this. They have given up so much time and they've put so much energy towards helping me recover and saving my life. They've had a huge part in it. And if I didn't have my family, I would not be alive right now, 100%. Um, I remember at the beginning it was a learning process for all of us no one like even though my mom had struggled when she was younger just treatment in itself should have its own dictionary there's a lot of terms that come with eating disorder recovery and there's a lot of rules of like things you that are helpful to say things that are not helpful to say and they were so willing to learn um to try to help me the best that they possibly can and one of the things that I will never forget that I'm just to show how dedicated they are is um, my second treatment center was actually in North Carolina, which is a 12 hour drive from Florida where I live. And every single weekend, my family would drive up and they would see me and just the amount of just genuine love that they have for me and I have for them. Um, they, it's something I will forever be grateful for. They they believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Oh, that is amazing. I, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you have that, especially with your mom who had an eating disorder as well. She could have easily, or it could have gone two ways, like because she knows yeah. what it is 
she really wants to help you or she is not supportive and maybe even angry because may maybe not necessarily to you, but I can imagine that moms or parents who have gone through it themselves get angry at themselves for not noticing it. I think a lot of the early eating disorder days was my parents trying to, it's hard to speak for them because I, I was so like consumed with the eating disorder, but I do know that they did a lot of blaming on themselves of like, what could I have done differently? And that's something that a lot of loved ones may be thinking to about like themselves. Um, and there's no one cause for an eating disorder. And it's really, it's important to know why they developed, but once they've developed, you can't go back. You can't turn back time. No. The important thing is moving forward and how can the person, how can the person struggling help themselves and how can the person's loved ones help support them, but also help themselves because something that like my, my family has been amazing and very supportive, but it took a long time for them to learn that they also had to help themselves and take care of themselves to be able to fully take care of me. Cause it was, it's an exhausting thing to go through recovery. Recovering takes a village. It's not just the person recovering. It's the family, it's the therapists, the nutritionists, the other people struggling who you may meet along the way. It's not just a one person thing. It's a team effort. Yeah. So what, what can you say to the listeners who are going through it or know someone who is going through it? Because unfortunately, too many people have it without speaking out loud that they have it. So you, you said that it, eating disorders need their own dictionary, like how you need to speak to someone. So can you tell a little bit or give a couple of tips that how can you help someone who has an eating disorder? What are the best things that you can do or can say? Because I know just saying, just by saying, oh, you need to eat more or you just need to eat that mm. or you need to leave that is not going to help. Yes, for sure. I think for loved ones, it's really important that their role is the supporter and not the dictator. I think certain things like telling someone how much they should or should not be eating or what behaviors they should or should not be doing should be left up to their treatment team. So their therapist and nutritionist. And that's the thing that I had to go through personally at the beginning. My parents were like, oh, you have to eat more and, you know, everything. Yeah. Most helpful thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the worst. That was the worst. <laughs> I think the most helpful thing someone can do, someone who loves someone who is struggling with an eating disorder, um, the most important thing is just to be there emotionally, to say, hey, I'm here for you. I support you. And to ask, how can I help you? How can I support you? What is most helpful? What do you need right now? And this and to also be prepared for this response because a lot of times my family would ask me what do you need how can I help and I didn't know and I would get actually angry I would get really angry because at myself and at them for asking because I didn't know and so if the person who is struggling gets angry or just says I don't know then it's really helpful for someone who is supporting that person to say, that's okay if you don't know right now, just know I'm here for you when you do know. And I can help you if you would like to try to figure it out. We can talk it through. Yeah. 
Can you share a little bit of light, how it feels for you when someone tells you should just eat? Oh. <laughs> I mean, no, for, for so many people, it's easy to just eat. But for people with an eating disorder, it's not that easy. So how does it feel to you when, so when someone says that? Or, I mean, I can't imagine you say that to yourself as well, like, you know, don't be a bitch like eat just eat <laughs> exactly oh my gosh it I would say for the eating disorder thoughts to hear someone say just eat um I experienced anger like strong strong anger because like my my thoughts were how dare you tell me just to eat it's not that easy to someone on the outside who's not dealing with an eating disorder it's, it seems so simple. And in fact, part of the anger that I feel is jealousy because I'm like, I freaking wish I could just eat. Like, I wish it were that easy. And it's, I definitely, sometimes I still feel anger. Like when, especially when I hear someone say that to someone who's so new into eating disorder recovery, um, and I guess shame too, but everyone expresses how they feel differently. And for me, when I'm struggling and I'm told just eat, it definitely comes out in anger. And it also comes down in like me just shutting down, shutting out the person and sometimes even defiance. Like if someone tells me to just eat um, back in my early eating disorder days, sometimes I would spite them and or I thought I was spiting them and I would not eat even more for an even longer period of time because someone was telling me to eat. And I think something that's really important to remember in that situation is eating disorders will say, oh, by not eating, you're showing them. But in reality, the only person you're hurting is yourself. Yeah, true. So what is the real reason why you cannot eat, why you don't want to eat? How, what was your reason? I think my reason, oh, there's so many, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, I believe it was just out of control. It was my eating disorder. I guess for me, everyone's eating disorder serves a purpose, but for mine, it was to protect me and to like numb my thoughts and feelings. And so there were some times where I didn't even know why I couldn't eat. I just knew it just felt impossible. And it's something it's very difficult to put into words because it's a feeling, but sometimes I just physically, the, the, the voices in my head were so loud saying, don't eat, you cannot eat, that it was easier not to eat than to fight against it. Yeah. And I wish I could explain it better. It's, it's something that you really cannot truly fathom unless you've gone through it yourself and you've had that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I hope I answered that. Message. Yeah, it, I think it's for you, it's to take, I don't know how it was for you, but you said you went through a difficult time and had to grow up fast. So I think if I am allowed to say it, my opinion, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's because um, everything else in your life at that point was out of control. So that was the only thing that you could control. For some exactly. women, it's because they want to lose weight, but mm -hmm. that's not everybody's reasons. Exactly. And it's so important that you said that because 
people automatically assume that when you struggle with an eating disorder, it's just because of you don't like your body or it's just because of your weight. But eating disorders are so complex and there's so many reasons and so many types of eating disorders. Um, and it's not always just because you want to lose weight. Sometimes a, a lot of eating disorders do start that way. So you'll start to be on like a strict diet and it kind of just gets out of control. But eating disorders have a lot to do with emotions. And there's a real numbing effect that happens when you're acting on your eating disorder behaviors. It's, it's a huge distraction from whatever struggle is going on in your life. And it's something that, at least for me in my experience, focusing on my eating disorder and putting all of my energy towards that was something that I did to avoid things that I was struggling with that I didn't want to deal with, like difficult and uncomfortable emotions and things that I really had to process. I pushed aside and I put all of my focus towards the eating disorder. So, I mean, yes, it had a lot to do with like, like, I guess thinking about my body and obsessing over like trying to be X amount of pounds, it was a fantastic distraction for the emotions, but it wasn't, eating disorders aren't just about the weight. No, true. So um, you are in recovery or are completely recovered? How would you describe yourself? I would definitely say I'm in recovery. Um, I believe you can become fully recovered. However, for me, I, I don't know when I would consider myself fully recovered. I would say I'm still new into like genuine recovery because it's been 10 years yeah. and it's, I, I would say I'm definitely in recovery and I'm in a solid, good place in my recovery where I, the stage I'm at is learning to fully accept myself and to find who I am because I was silenced for 10 years. Uh, everything was about my eating disorder. It was basically like an abusive relationship where I, I'm just now breaking up with my eating disorder and I'm finding my own identity. And so I'm in like that fresh recovery phase of breaking up with the eating disorder and finding who I am. But it's definitely like my body, thank gosh, is in a healthy, strong place. My mind is in a, it's growing to be in a stronger place. Um, I, it's not sunshine and rainbows every day. Um, it's definitely, I have some days where I really struggle and some moments during the day where I really struggle, but I have more good days than bad. And I take more steps forward than I do backward. Oh, that is good. I'm glad to hear it. So Thank you. how, how does it affect your environment, your surroundings, your daily tasks? Does it really interfere with that in having an eating disorder? Um, in recovery or when you're actually struggling? Both. So when, when you're struggling and you're not fully in recovery or even attempting recovery, your eating disorder affects every single thing that you do, every single action. Like I lived my life when I was actively in my eating disorder on the terms of my eating disorder. It I thought that I had all the control, but it controlled me. It controlled my thoughts. I barely made it through high school. I took five years to finish high school because I just couldn't focus it. Every single waking hour I had, it just 
my mind was swirled with thoughts about like food. And I was always thinking about the next meal and it impacted my relationships. I had no social life. Um, I had no energy to do everyday tasks. Something as simple as taking a shower. I couldn't stand. I couldn't take that long to just stand in the shower. And it really it impacted me. I couldn't go to high school. I, I didn't even mention this before, but I didn't have a traditional high school experience. I completed all my school through online. Um, that's something that my eating disorder took away from me and really impacted. So just every life, things that I take, I used to take for such granted and things that I don't anymore, um, it took away from me. And the enjoyment with family, I there were so many events, birthdays, my sisters bought mitzvah, so many things that just it impacted. Um, and then in recovery, my eating disorder definitely still hold, holds me back from certain things. I, I would say at this point in my recovery journey, it doesn't hold me back. There's nothing that I won't do because of my eating disorder, which is a very exciting place to be in because I've never experienced this before in recovery. I will say there are still times where I'm hesitant like tomorrow, for example, I'm going snorkeling with my friend and I'm going to be wearing a bathing suit for the first time, just a full bathing suit, which is, um, I didn't say, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't say, of course, no, I said, yes, I would love to go snorkeling, but just wearing a bathing suit is something that I definitely was hesitant about at first. So, and of course, like food is always not always, but it's still kind of on my mind um, because I, I'm not, and I'm not really deep in recovery yet. I'm not recovered. I'm still recovering. So it's still definitely, it's still, it takes a conscious effort to stay in recovery and to make recovery conscious choices. Yeah, I can imagine it's really difficult because so many things involve food, like you said, celebrations, birthdays, uh, Christmas, Halloween, like every every holiday, every almost every mm -hmm. day, it, it involves food. And the thing what it is with food, you cannot avoid it because we need it. We need food to fuel our body. So it's not, I wouldn't say a drugs addiction is in that way easier to recover from because that is absolutely not but it's it's easy to avoid i mean if you're avoiding yes. it if you're not seeing it you will not be triggered but food you need it every single day so it's so much i think it's harder maybe maybe not but i think it is harder because you are surrounded with it every day you need it every day you made such a great point and this is something that actually came up a lot in when i was in treatment in the recovery groups we would say it's an addiction is an addiction. Um, eating disorders can be like a food addiction, but it's, it's a little more challenging because when you're recovering from drugs, you avoid the drugs and it's a more simple solution, but you cannot avoid food. It's, it quite literally keeps you alive. Like you have to face it every single day. So facing these triggers every single day for the rest of your life, it's, um, it's, it's a conscious, it, it's a continuous reminder of everything you've been through and everything, you know, 
you've accomplished just everything it's it's a reminder of your journey and your battle yeah it's really difficult because there is food around every corner or drinks and it's everywhere especially when you're so focused on it you will see it everywhere so I'm, I'm actually want to dare everybody who is listening right now to when they are just walking on the streets to see where they where there is food Mm-hmm. And you will see that it, you are surrounded with it. So it's, it makes it that extra harder for you to recover from it. Exactly. And even things like, what do you do when you meet up with friends? You say, hey, let's grab a drink. Let's grab some food, you know, and it's so simple for them. But for someone who's recovering, it's, I always it's always like a punch in the gut in the gut. And it's a reminder that like I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. This involves food, make a conscious effort to fight against those thoughts that say don't eat. And I have to go and just push that aside. And, you know, it's, it's challenging, but it's, it's so worth it. And the important thing is when you're in recovery is you're going to have these thoughts, but you have to grasp on to the positive experiences that you're going to get from the food. You have to change the language that you use. Food is not the enemy. Food is the gateway into relationships and life. And it's, I used to use food to just survive, but now I use food to thrive, to oh, live my best that. Thank you. I really love that you're saying that. So can you can you say that again, please? Yes. So I used to use food to just survive. And now I use food to thrive, to live my best life and my healthiest life, physically and emotionally. I love it. And thank you. And to like welcome the positive experiences that food have, because food's not a negative thing. You... I mean, you have relationships like surrounded by food and family gatherings safely these days. Um, And it's just, there's so much positivity that can be brought into your life with food. And it's just changing how you look at it. It's, it's an experience. There's delicious tasting foods, things you can experiment with. And it's, there's a, there's a lot of great things food can bring into your life. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It doesn't have to be a chore to eat. Exactly. So is there something that you would like to say to the people who are struggling with it? Yeah, I would say that no matter where you are in your journey, you deserve to recover. You deserve help. You do not have to live your life being dictated by your eating disorder. You deserve to live a beautiful, long, happy and healthy life. Oh, you deserve to work. And I actually have a resource um, that helped me on my recovery journey. Is it okay if I share it here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, go ahead. So there, it's a nonprofit organization, and they're actually based here in Florida. They're called the Alliance for Eating Disorders Awareness, and they offer free online virtual support groups, which anyone can attend, even out of the U.S., and it's just one step. If you're, if you're wondering where to start on your recovery journey, because it, it is overwhelming at first, this is a great first step to take. So you can go on their website. You can see they offer Zoom support groups. 
And you can also email them. They'll help you find treatment centers. They'll help you find therapists. But everyone, no matter who you are, what you're struggling with, you are sick enough. You deserve recovery now, not in a month, not in five years. You deserve recovery now. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you for sharing that because that is really important. And that was actually my next question as well. Like, how do you find oh. the help? How do, how do you start that? Because realizing that you have an eating disorder and want to change that is one thing, but to actually take action, that is another. Exactly. It's, I think in some areas it's easier than others. I've been very blessed and grateful to be in Florida where I have access to really great recovery centers in like around me, but I know in other places, specifically out of the US, I didn't realize how difficult it was to get into treatment centers. I've been in support groups where people have spoken from like the UK and they've said, it's not as easy to have access to treatment to good treatment. Um, and so that's why the Alliance for Eating Disorder Awareness is so great because you can have access to those uh, support groups online. But I guess a first, a great first step is just to be, to tell someone you trust. And sometimes when you're dealing with your eating disorder, it's really overwhelming to know where to start. So having someone who you trust, whether that be a family member, a friend, just someone else to share with that you're struggling, it's a great first step to have them so your minds can think together. And I, I would say start with a therapist. Try to find a therapist, preferably someone who really knows about eating disorders, because there's all sorts of different therapists that have different specialties. Yeah. Um, and even if you're not going to work with this therapist, they absolutely will have resources where they can direct you, whether it be a treatment center or a doctor or a nutritionist, they'll have those resources. So you don't have to find them on your own because that is very overwhelming. And that's not something that you should have to do on your own. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. It, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from all of this? I, there's so many lessons. I, <laughs> I would say the biggest lesson is that I, I am worthy of living a beautiful, long life. And it's something that I can't even imagine. I'm getting chills. Like I never thought I would say like, I am worthy of living life, but it's something that is so true. Like we are all so worthy to just enjoy life and to not just be numbed and not numb, but to actually food finding it through friendships relationships nature that's something that's huge for me and just life should be a joyful thing it should be a joyful journey and not you shouldn't be constantly living in pain and suffering and that's definitely something that I've learned to to just enjoy life and be grateful for living oh that's amazing like, I love that you've learned that lesson it's 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 not just something especially when you thought you wouldn't even make it to 18 and now you are here telling that you are yeah. worthy of life and worthy to recover. So that is amazing. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share on this topic or to help someone out? Uh, I, I would just say 
if you are struggling silently right now, this is a sign to go tell someone you trust, ask for help. You deserve it. Yes, exactly. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to hear someone else. I wish there had been someone to say that to me. So I hope yeah. this helps someone. Uh, I, I really do hope it helps someone because it you don't deserve to live in suffering. Exactly. And I thank you for sharing your story and also sharing more light into an eating disorder and how it is to have an eating disorder because I still think it's so, so many people don't understand it. As we've talked before, like a lot of people say, just eat. Well, it's not that easy. Yeah. So, and it's, it's yes. still taboo about. It's not something that people just bring up in common conversation. So having, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak to you about this because it is, there's still a lot of shame. And this is a quote that I absolutely love. It's by Brene Brown. And she says, shame cannot survive being spoken. So the more we speak about it, the less shameful it becomes, the less taboo it becomes, and the more people it will help. Exactly. I love that because in a way, I don't believe it, it's, it's your fault. I mean, you don't choose to develop an eating disorder. It's, as you said before, it's emotions and, and your thoughts that you have that for you, there was a perfect storm to create that, but it can happen to anyone. So there shouldn't be shame or guilt around it because there's nothing you can do. The only thing that you can do is make sure that you recover from it um, and make your yeah, your best life out of it. Exactly. Beautifully said. It's, <laughs> it's not your fault. And the most important thing you can do is acknowledge that, you know, you have, this is your journey, but just take steps to move forward and to push past that and to create this beautiful life that you deserve. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And I hope that we at least help someone or inspire someone with your story. Mm -hmm. um, is it okay if people contact you, if they want to learn more about you or your story or need help? Yes, absolutely. You can contact me. You can email me. Um, will we put that in the notes? Yeah, I will leave everything in the description. Okay. Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> Anytime, please. I'd be happy to speak with you um, and give you some resources too. So thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to have been given the opportunity to speak to everyone. And you are so kind and you're doing such amazing things, helping so many people. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I want to thank Rebecca so much for speaking up about this because too many women and men are suffering from an eating disorder and are afraid to reach out for help or don't even know that they have it. So if you are struggling with an eating disorder, please reach out to us. We can help you further or click the link in the description box and get it started. The how will come later, but make sure right now that you are safe and know that there are people around you that care about you.